You're listening to Special Education Matters, a regular podcast about things that matter in special education. I'm your host, Michael Bull, and I am the proud father of an 18-year-old boy with autism. Having a successful IEP meeting, plan, implementation, etc. can involve a wide range of people and logistical efforts. Trust based on constructive communication is often the key factor in keeping all these moving parts working together. Today, I talk with Bree Tippetts. She's a pre-K special education coordinator for Orange Unified School District in California. Bree helps us understand an IEP from the district's point of view and what efforts we can make as parents to build a team focused on our child. Interestingly, Bree is the parent herself to a child with special needs and knows firsthand a parent's point of view. Bree Tippetts, thanks so much for joining me on the program today. Yes, happy to be here. It's nice to have you here, and it's nice to have somebody who can talk about an IEP from a district's point of view. So often we'll have people on the show who work from sort of the opposite side of the table, from the parent's point of view, either as an expert or even as a parent themselves. And so I wanted to ask you about what it's like to be on your side of the table. First off, can you explain what your role is, what you do for the district? Sure. So I am considered the special education uh, preschool program coordinator, So I run the special education preschool um, for our school district, and um, as part of my role, I am responsible for um, ensuring the educational environment um, is safe, um, appropriate, and suitable for all students and staff. I am responsible for participating in course, of course, in all of our IEPs um, from our students just entering the district, um, as well as our students um, who are due for their annual or triennial IEP. Um, And then, of course, um, you know, as far as um, staff and, you know, making sure that instruction and students' needs are being met within the program. Okay, great. So, you know, you do preschool, so you get the parents who maybe are new to special education. So I think back, my son's 18 now. I think back to then, that first IEP, and it was pretty scary for me. What's it like for you? Like, what is your overall goal or hope when you sit down for an IEP? Uh, What do you hope will result from that, both from your point of view and from the parent's point of view as well? Uh, Yes. So as a parent, um, as well of a child with um, requiring special education services, um, my ultimate goal is... um, to ensure the parents have an understanding of um, the special education process, Mm -hmm. the results or findings, um, and then together come up with a comprehensive plan um, that addresses all areas of identified, you know, need and deficits. And then as well, just to ensure that the parents feel like they were a part of the meeting, um, be sure to, you know, continuously offer um, opportunities for any questions. Um, be sure that we're clarifying information, not speaking in our educational terms, mm-hmm. um, but really ensuring that our students under or that our families understand the findings, um, and then really ha- making sure that they understand, you know, why we're setting goals in specific areas, and then how um, we talk a lot about the program and how we're going to meet those goals. Um, and then we also, you know, support them as if they have questions about what can they do at home or how can they be a part of the team in the home or community, then we'll support that as well. Okay. 
So how hard is it to do that? That's why I love the goals. It's wonderful from a parent's point of view. Is it hard to walk out feeling like you've succeeded in that regard? Or is it easy? Um, I feel like for me, uh-huh. um, I feel like it's, it's relatively an easy process. Um, or um, it, it becomes very easy for me because of my experience with my um, son. Um, and it has been a very difficult experience for me with my son and being able to understand um, his IEP and what their goals are. So I've taken it on myself to, you know, just um, be willing to show the parents what we're talking about. I offer them opportunities to come observe our program. Mm -hmm. Um, We offer their, you know, be sure that um, they under, we know their child very well. They come to our program for, you know, three weeks. Um, for three days a week for two hours a day. So we have a relatively good understanding of their child um, during the assessment process. Um, We ask for their input as well as to, is this the same child that that we're communicating to you about? Do you see the same things? Um, You know, so for me, I feel like it is a relatively easy process because I also have a very um, knowledge about all of the children on campus so I can speak to them um, and I feel like they know that we know their child. So the relationship mm-hmm. builds, um, and then they trust, you know, um, and then they continue to see once they leave the assessment team, they continue to see the relationships with our staff, um, that are built and the time that our staff puts into each and every child. Yeah. Maybe I should ask you a little bit about trust. I know for IEPs for me, the first question I have in my head is, does this, do these people know my child, which you just talked about? Mm-hmm. And do you think trust is probably the number one thing that should be established or communicated during an IEP meeting and after? Mm-hmm. I think trust and communication are key. Um, I've, I've been in different aspects of this um, job and, um, you know, in different settings it's been much more difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I look back and analyze why has it been so difficult when I am now at a setting where it is very easy um, and it's a a very safe environment and the parents do have the trust. um, What, what I look to is why, why does this happen and why is this, you know, why are parents so happy and pleased with the program? Um, And it really turns to the teacher's, and their communication that they have with families and their avail- their availability and willingness to be available to a parent. Okay, let's put the burden a little bit on the parent side here. So, you know, you, you've had a meeting and it goes really well. You Maybe you've looked at each other and said, hey, that meeting went really well. And I'm guessing part mm-hmm. of that is how well-prepared a parent is. What, should, what does a mm-hmm. well-prepared parent look like from your point of view? Um, I would say... And a well-prepared parent has, um, first and foremost, been active in the process, meaning um, they've come to the, you know, the necessary appointments um, with the necessary team members. They've completed, you know, the necessary um, rating skills, parent input sheets, um, and then given us even more information, you know, for example, if there's a particular question that they want to describe why they answered it a certain way, mm-hmm. um, you know, so we have more information. Um, when they get to the IEP meeting, um, they've had, um, you know, just either an opportunity to um, 
they have had time. They've communicated with our staff. Um, they've asked questions throughout the process. They know what the process is. Um, and if they didn't know or didn't understand during um, the, the meeting in which we described the process and how everything works, then they have continued to follow up and clarify what comes next. Um, when they get to the meeting, they know what to expect as far as what the agenda is going to look like. They have questions um, as to why, you know, why are you, why is this a goal? Um, you know, those mm -hmm. types of things. All right, let's go to the opposite side. So, you know, you walk out of an IEP meeting, you turn to your colleagues as you're walking out and went, oh gosh, that pretty much went poorly. Can you think back to a time like what that would look like? Uh, what, what, what happens in a meeting that doesn't go well? So um, I, I would describe this, you know, in a meeting that doesn't go well, um, I would just um, describe it in, in when I was in a different part of my career, um, you know, servicing the elementary schools, trying to service um, 19 elementary schools, and me walking into a meeting um, representing the, the school district and mm -hmm. um, r realizing when it didn't go well, what happened. Well, first and foremost, it, it always goes back to the communication. A parent is then caught surprised in an IEP by um, reports from either the special education teacher and or a general education teacher. Mm -hmm. um, and perhaps it's been, something has been occurring over time and the parent isn't aware. Um, and it also is when a team doesn't or hasn't been effective in, um, you know, as far as talking about the student giving data specific um, as to the student's progress. Uh, okay. You know, describing to a parent he or she is doing fine is very different than describing to the parent what does fine look like. Um, and I think that's what's most important for me as a parent as well, is I don't get to be every day in school with my child. So I do want to know what the education environment looks like. I do want to know what his participation looks like. I want to know, you know, um, how his social interactions are, all of those types of things. Um, and that's where a team has failed, um, which in my mind turns the meeting very to go to a very <laughs> unsatisfactory meeting is because the parents at this point are upset uh, because we have failed to communicate effectively how with much, the family. How much of a role do you think being a, a parent to a child with special needs has played in maybe your sense of empathy with people that you're meeting with during an IEP? And has that changed since <laughs> we maybe, I don't know if you were doing IEPs before you had a child. Did it, did you find your, your, you're just your sort of outlook changing over time? I would say huge. Um, okay. One, my number one, um, because I have, um, I was a special education teacher prior to this as well as a general ed teacher. And so, yes, prior to my son, I was in IEPs. However, I've always um, had this goal of ensuring parents understand because I did work in an underserved, um, you know, or in... Um, a socioeconomic disadvantaged um, school. Um, and so the students were like my children um, and continue to be like my children. And, you know, and then I did have a child um, and he does have an IEP. And so I think that just even more um, did create a lot more empathy. Um, but it also, I think, gets parents to understand that, 
you know, even though they may have a disability and they do now entering preschool have an IEP, as my son did. Um, he's now in seventh grade and he's very successful. Um, so I think it also gives them an avenue to connect with me that I do understand. I, I have been there. I have done that. Um, and I'm here to help you get to the point where I am today. So, Do you feel like with different districts, I, I'm wondering if it sounds like your district, and I know my son's district when he was younger was fantastic. It was in Colorado. Uh, it sounds like your district is able to provide the services that a younger student and perhaps even older student needs. Do you think it's a big difference between one district can offer services that another district just can't afford to do? Is that something parents should think about? I, I For me, I don't think it's about um, afford okay. or cost. I think it's actually about um, the service providers and why the um, those service providers or interventionists are there. Um, you know, for example, there's some excellent teams in various school districts. My son is in a completely different school district in, in which I work, mm-hmm. and um, my experiences have been, you know, not the best, and I've really had to fight for him. But, you know, and in the schools where I have worked in our school district, Um, It's a gamut. It really depends on the person and the energy and effort that somebody's willing to put in. So, all right, can I ask you a final question? Sure. All right, so this is sort of the magical question we talked about earlier before the show. So one day you are testifying before a committee to improve the IEP process, which, of course, is a committee I just made up. Uh, Right. Every process always needs improvement. So what would you say to that committee to improve the IEP process? Um, geez, I would say to, um, improve the IEP process, um, I would say that we need to really ensure our, the team, um, and or the teams at various levels that are, um, presenting to families, um, information are well-trained, um, on how to, um, administer assessments. And then I think most in, importantly, and I think this is where the difficulty lied in my other, um, in when I was working in the elementary setting was mm-hmm. it's the way in which you present information that is positive and or negative. Um, again, it goes back to that social skills and the relationships that you develop with families. So to improve the IEP process, I would say would be teaching staff how to, you know, really communicate effectively with family. Bree Tippett, thanks so much for spending some time with us today and sharing that fantastic information. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to another edition of Special Education Matters. For more information, including show notes, head to our website, csnlg.com slash listen. And if you like what you hear, please uh, consider giving us a review on iTunes. Those reviews bring us lots of happiness. I'm your host, Michael Bull, and we will talk again soon.